This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And good afternoon. It is game day. And each week it only gets bigger. It's the LSU Tigers open up Southeastern Conference football play today in Starkville against the Mississippi State Bulldogs, a pair of two 2-0 ball clubs that are top of the SEC in efficiency when you talk about offense and defense. Along with former LSU great Herb Tyler, I'm Deke Bellavere. We're here with you for the next three hours to get you set for LSU and Mississippi State, a 6:05 kickoff tonight at uh, Scott Field, Davis Wade Stadium, where there will be a lot of cowbells. And Herb, what is it like to play over there with all those cowbells? How hard is it to focus? I'll tell you right now, Deke, it's – um. It's one of those deals where, where you just hear dings all day long and all <laughs> night long after that game is completed. But, you know, the biggest the biggest uh, hurdle that those guys have to face is going to be that defensive line, that defensive front up for Mississippi State and then you know, obviously the quarterback um, that they have. Uh, you know, that's going to be the biggest tough uh, – the, the, well, the toughest deal that they have to deal with. Now, as far as the fans are concerned, they're one of the liveliest, you know, fans uh, in the SEC or in the country, really, especially with that bell, man. That, that call bell is no joke, I'll tell you that. All right, we're going to talk about that coming up on today's program. We have a – a lot to get to. Of course, our regular guys that we uh, feature each and every season here that will be with us, our experts, getting a recruiting update as we're already going into week four of the college high school football season next week. Third week was last night. Mike Scarborough, TigerBait.com will update us on the top-tier recruits. Jeff Palermo, columnist at WWO.com and Louisiana Network Sports Director, gives us his spin on the Bayou Bengals and Mississippi State. And then, of course, we'll go around the nation and the boot report in the hour number two on the big games of the week. And state college football, big games of the week. Well, it is Clemson and Louisville tonight in Louisville. That's, That's what college one. game day was exactly. It sure was, Herb, so we'll hit on that. We're coming up with Manny Robinson, who covers the Clemson Tigers for the Greenville News and how big of a game this is for both the Tigers and the Louisville Cardinals. And Gary Smith, owner and publisher of the Wave Report, will be with us to give us an update as Tulane is at uh, Oklahoma, who had the biggest victory on the road thus far this season, going into the horseshoe last week and really dominating Ohio State and Baker Mayfield and company entertaining Tulane this afternoon. Then Logan Lowry, who covers Mississippi State, will get, will go behind enemy lines and get an update on the Logan Lowry and the Bulldogs. Then Brett Hudson, Mississippi State beat writer for the Commercial Dispatch, will go double-dipping in Mississippi State to get a take on them. And then we'll wrap things up with senior writer at TigerBait.com, Brian Lazar. But, Herb, there are some big games on the menu this week, but uh, not like last week. And when you look in conference play, and we'll dig a little deeper in a while, Two interesting ones in East and West that will set the tone to say, okay, well, we know Alabama's a top dog, but the winner of today's contest, Herb, I think clearly becomes that team right up there with Auburn as the team that thought to could challenge Alabama in the West. And over in the East, you got Tennessee and Florida. So kind of a uh, one big spotlight game on each side to where as you can kind of see who gets the leg up early on. Good thing about that is it's early in the season, right? Mm-hmm. So, so you, you you can play that game, and it all depends on what happens. That you know the outcomes of, the, of that particular game. But right now, you know, in, in my opinion, you have Alabama in the West that's that's the top dog, right? And then in the East, I think it's Florida. Obviously, um, I think Tennessee can can play with Florida now. Whether or not they beat them or not, I don't, I don't really know. Florida is one of those teams where where 
they have all the goods to be great. The problem is they don't play great every week. You know, so that's a difficult thing. And then, you know, obviously I think LSU has the best chance of of, of dethroning Alabama, if you will, um, versus uh, Mississippi State or anybody else in the West. Or, or shall I say Auburn in the West. Um, I like Auburn's chances. The problem that I have with Auburn is they they don't have an identity just yet. I think LSU has an identity right now, and we know what they're going to do for the most part. A lot of people are anxious as far as, Offensive scheme wise, of what we're going to do, or we would throw the ball deep, where we run the ball constantly, or whatever it may be. But mm-hmm. once again, I think personally looking at it and then and being in that in that particular seat before, I know what the coaches are going to do. They're going to take what the defense is going to give them, and then they're going to they're going to execute. And as long as they execute, that's all that matters. Um, at the end of the day, you can throw the ball deep all twenty five times a game, but if you don't complete any of them, it doesn't matter. Um, also with that being said, I think also Auburn has one of those teams. Also, just like you know, like like. Uh, Florida has. Yeah. They have all of the tangible um, athletes that can do anything Look you want them to do. good on defense last week. But they really will did. they show up every week and week That's out? Right. That's the problem that I have with them. So, and I, you know, what's, what's weird about this is I'm, uh, I feel really good about our Tigers right now, to be honest with you. Because going into the season, I thought that we would play up and down, kind of like that. But right now, you know, I know it's only been BYU and Chattanooga. But what I see are really good things. I see the guys are really tuned into what we're doing offensively and defensively. Not only that, they're playing with a lot of spirit and a lot of heart, and those things you can't you can't discount. You know when you have the, those types of feelings on the team when they when they bring those particular deals within themselves to the game. So I think I think um, I think LSU has a really great chance of dethroning Alabama, and I do think that that Tennessee and that Florida rivalry will kind of you know be heightened again this year. That's Herb Tyler from LSU. Great, I'm Deke Bellavere, counting you down to LSU and Mississippi State. We'll take a look from both angles, the Tigers and the Bulldogs. We'll go around the nation, get you caught up on State College Football, the Brute Report, and we'll go inside the SEC. All that's forthcoming. LSU, Mississippi State, a 6.05 kickoff tonight right here on Tiger Radio, WWL. All right, counting you down to LSU and Mississippi State. Last 25 meetings, it has been dominated by the LSU Tigers. They are 23-2, but the last three meetings have been decided by five points or less. Time to take a look back now at last week's game. LSU, Herb, taking on the UT Chattanooga Mocs. And Herb, before we get into the highlight reel, your overall thoughts seeing the Tigers from week one to week two, what you thought they did. Um, you know what I thought they did was um, they moved forward from week one to week two. They um, they got rid of some of the the foolish penalties, things of that nature. They um, they are in a position right now where they they have um, solidified themselves as becoming you know coming together as a team. And you you kind of saw that you, that flow going you know throughout that particular game because we we started throwing the ball a little, you know deep a little bit. We started running the ball as well. Um, we do a few screen uh, passes or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then um, you know those are the things that I look for. I, I look for you know that camaraderie of a team and that 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 meshing of a team and coming together in those two particular games, especially when you play a, a, a Chattanooga or something like that, because you want to see that. Because now that gives you a little boost of confidence moving it forward to the first SEC game. And, of course, uh, you know, we were kind of wondering, and like Coach Canada said, what would the offense do? What would they show a little more? And like Herb said in the pregame last week, one of his keys, they would do what the defense dictated. And you saw early on Chattanooga was going to try and let LA, force LSU to pass the football, and they would. LSU going on a drive here, Herb. Six plays, 72 yards, and we'll hear the highlight from Chris Blair, a big one to Drake Davis. They'll fake the reverse, Etling throwing. Down the middle of the field, waiting for a man, and it is caught in the back of the end. 
end zone by Drake Davis. Touchdown, LSU. A 36-yard strike, and the Tigers are on the board, and they take the lead 6-3 with 6.23 remaining here in the first quarter. Herb, take us through that. That's kind of one of those classic examples where you're going to crowd us, you're going to crowd us, you're going to force us to throw, well, we're going to throw, and that's what happened. Well, that's what you're supposed to do. You know, they they crowd that that, that box, that, you know, the, the and puts you know eight, seven, eight, get nine guys in the box. Then you got to give them a little play action and then toss that ball deep or over their heads. I, what I saw on that play was a, a, a very confident Danny Etling throwing that football, and that ball came out of his hands with nothing but strength, accuracy, and touch all at the same time. And that's on that particular play. I thought I thought everything was was just perfect. The play call was at the the most inop- the most opportune time, and um, and then the guys executed as well as you possibly can. All right, Herb, now you're moving down the LSU highlight reel, looking where you knew LSU was going to mix things up. And it's going to be awful hard, Herb, even with eight-man box, uh, eight- and nine-man fronts for LSU not to go in and run the football. Mm-hmm. And they called on Mr. Mr. Geist right here to give them their first rushing touchdown of the game. This is uh, late in the first quarter. Etling with a jumbo set under center. Motions Williams, gives the Geist, stutter steps, and now breaks a tackle and steps into the end zone. Touchdown, LSU. Geist from one yard out. Picks up his third rushing touchdown of the season, and the Tigers extend their lead 13-3 with 11 seconds remaining here in the first quarter. And LSU will continue to extend their lead as they're going to come up and go to the ground one more time. And here's another guy to run as LSU is now up uh, by a few scores in the contest. Again, they go full wide across the front of the line. Hand off to Geist. This time he'll try the right side. Inside the five and carries a mock into the end zone. Touchdown, LSU. I'm all about Six it. Six-yard gain and Geis with his second touchdown of the night, the fourth of the season. And the Tigers extend their lead 20-3 with 5.41 remaining still here in the second quarter. One of the things we talked about, Herb, last week going into the uh, game, we talked about, okay, what would be some things we want to see? We want to see better special teams in the form of kicking. And uh, mm-hmm. LSU kind of mixed it up again last week, but we talked about, man, is it time for a return? And lo and behold, Herb, we, Here we, go. we would get their return. Mr. DJ, DJ Chark, Chark, exciting the crowd. DJ Chark trying to get under it. Far side at the 35, he does. Dances around defenders across midfield. Hits the far sideline. Still upright at the 35. Comes middle of the field. Makes a cut at the 20. 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, LSU. 65 yards for DJ Chark. That'll light up Tiger Stadium, make it 27 to 3. LSU. Boy, Herb, when you think about it, that number seven, I mean, yeah. just good Lord. I mean, yeah. uh, uh, Patrick Peterson, uh, Teran Matthew, Leonard Fournette, mm-hmm. uh, DJ Chalk. I mean, all of those guys have been explosive playmakers. And I think DJ Chalk is becoming one of those guys, Herb, that a lot of people are going to follow. And uh, another big game like that, you know, when you, whenever you have those type of returns, but then something else shows up in the stat sheet, like he's caught some big balls. He caught another 50-yard by 49-yard pass later yep. in the contest. Yep. People start to follow that person a little bit. They want to see what he's going to do all-purpose-wise. And DJ Chalk, he's got that big play capability well you see the coaching staff really trusting him in multiple different ways so not only with the big plays on offense but also accepting him and challenging him to make plays on the special teams as well and then what that does too ultimately in the long run it teaches him how to become that leader of that football team so Whenever the guys see old number seven trotting onto the field, guess what? They know something big is going to happen and or he's going to help something uh, or someone 
to create another big play for somebody else. So he's going to be either a, a really good decoy or he's going to be the guy making the play. So I love it. I also heard now LSU, we get into the third quarter here now. LSU up at the break after that chalk punt return, 28-3. to 13 plays, 76 yards, 642. And unlike last week when LSU got deep into the red zone, they had a very efficient offense, including this run by Williams. Tigers break from the huddle. Ball is placed middle of the field at the four-yard line. Williams now the featured back. Snap, handoff, Williams waits, and the hole opens up, and Williams into the end zone. Touchdown, LSU. Four-yard score for Darrell Williams, his second rushing touchdown of the year. And the Tigers extend their lead 34-3 to with 8-18 remaining here in the third quarter. And, and then, Herb, when you talk about what they did last week uh, on the rushing stats, guys, 15 carries, 102 yards. Nick mm-hmm. Brousset, 11 for 63. Darrell, 8 for 38. And uh, Darrell and Jack Geis are two touchdowns apiece. But how important is it, Herb, to not be so – uh, I don't say one-dimensional, but, like, show that, hey, yeah, Darius is our horse, but we've got other people that can carry the football, meaning to where if we go into a game and we stop guys, then we stop their running game. I think LSU wants to be a little more versatile than that on running the football. Absolutely. I mean, you always have to have a, a, a second or a third guy that can come in and, and tote the rock just like the first-team guy can. And, and LSU has always have and always will have at least three or four backs that can that can run the ball or start anywhere else in the SEC or anywhere else in the country. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, you know, sometimes you have to use guys as a as a as a decoy or whatnot and then also have Darren Williams Darren Williams up at the fullback position to hand him the ball and he may get you 14 on that one play when you need two yards to get a first down. Or, you know, you bring in a Brissette and that he can do the exact same things that guys can do. Um, what I notice in all those guys, they all have really good field vision. And not only do they have that, they also are very explosive at the point of attack once they get the ball. So the offensive line has done a great job. One of the questions we had going into the BYU game was how will the offensive line play coming in this particular year? And they've answered the bell in both of those games, I'd say. Um, you know, especially last week with opening the holes up and getting all three guys significant yardage after they've gotten the ball. Um, and then, you know, with, with, with everything being said and being equal, let's call it that, mm-hmm. all three of those backs, we can put them in at any point in the game and trust them. And then, Herb, uh, finally wrapping up LSU last week overall, looking at the team numbers, they got the balance that they wanted, and they took advantage of what was given to them. 454 in total yards of offense to 242. Good distribution, though. 222 rushing, 232 passing, 46 rushing attempts, and of those 18 completions. But of those 18 completions, Herb, a bunch of them were home run balls. And, I mean, that's kind of like loosening up that little cold, that tightness. Say if Mm -hmm. if you got a cold in your chest there, let's say that's that nine-man front at that defense is barking up you want to break that up some and you do that by those long balls and that 49 yard of the chalk that big pass to davis those things at least serve notice to chattanooga that okay you want to come up we can burn you and they did burn them well you have to you have to complete those passes you not only have to attempt them but you have to definitely complete them because guess who else is watching that mississippi state um, Auburn, Alabama, everybody else is watching that particular deal too as well. So if you don't have that home run threat, then why do we have to sit back on our heels? We're going to always come at you. So, And I, I knew it was coming. I just, you know, I, I kind of felt it was coming when the time was needed 
because here's here's the thing. The thing is efficiency. I can throw the ball ten times, you know, beyond thirty or forty yards down the field. But if I only mm-hmm. complete two of them, then I don't. It doesn't really matter. But right. if I throw the ball ten down, ten times down the field or beyond thirty yards, and I complete seven of them, then hey, everybody has to take notice. Not only do our coaches have to take notice, but as well as every defensive coach in the league has to take notice. That is former LSU great Herb Tyler. I'm Deke Belavere. First CBS update, then bottom of the hour news, and then we'll start bringing in our guests. We'll get a recruiting update with Mike Scarborough of TigerBait.com. Friday Night Football is always a big, big event. It's across the state of Louisiana. Some of the better recruits in the country reside in the state of Louisiana. Of course, all over at 24-7, Mike Scarborough, publisher and recruiting analyst of TigerBait.com. Mike, uh, give us the latest last night. Who was active as far as top recruits, and uh, where was uh, was Coach O around? I'm sure some of the staff were recruiting people. And when they go on a trip like to the state of Mississippi and go on away games, does that give them an opportunity to go recruit in different places? You know, I, I want to say that the, because they're on the road, that the, they, as a staff, they were together last night. Um, and because they were out the first two weeks of the uh, high school football season, um, I think they'll get back to it uh, uh, once they get back to having an, an LSU home game. But um, last night we were – I was at – St. Thomas Moore versus Plaquemine got a chance to see Nelson Jenkins, and um, I, I can see where where they like his, his size and, and ability. Uh, Going to need to be coached up, get stronger at the next level. Probably got held a little bit by STM. Uh, got they got their hands on him and, and, and were grabbing a good bit. Uh, and then we were also at Southern Lab in Scotlandville, where there was a slew of uh, LSU commitments on the field for both teams. So. Uh, but, but what's amazing is what we're seeing is the, is the, the rash of injuries to uh, notable uh, athletes across state of Louisiana the first few weeks. A lot of Jeray Jenkins, uh, Davin Cotton at Evangel. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, you know about Terrace Marshall and yep. Justin Rogers. It just seems like there's been a slew of injuries. Uh, early uh, to a lot of the top prospects this year. Well, Mike, I, I, like it. I, I know going back for a while, you know, uh, you can go go back to the, the big baby days, uh, Glenn Davis. You can go back, obviously, to uh, Tim Williams, who had success at U-High, Nick mm-hmm. Brousette. This U-High program, uh, I, I was looking last night, and I mean, I don't know if, you know, if the program may be down or not, but, you know, when they when I see they beat Catholic, you know, 35-6 to six or 34-6, to six, that's letting me know, you know, that just from a, a level standpoint, you know, where they're, where they're classified and so forth is this you have program or they, they continuing to put out some some tier top tier athletes I tell you what, dude, we're going we're gonna to get you on hold for just a second. We'll get Dave to get you on hold. We'll try to get you on a good, clean landline because I know when people uh, want to hear about the recruits, they want to make sure that they get uh, all the top-tier information on, on Friday Night Football. And, uh, you know, Herb, when you think about it, uh, those young men that get out there on Friday nights, I don't necessarily say that, you know, it's – but it, for some of them, Herb, it's a lot of pressure because especially the ones that are high-profiled 
And I mean, it's one thing to have people, you know, friends, and y- you could have all the friends in the world, but when you got mm-hmm. grown men that represent universities constantly texting you and calling you and so forth, look, we're keeping up with you right. and this, and then you're the greatest thing since sliced bread and all that, that's, that's, that could be overwhelming. We're talking about kids, and now they're doing this now when they're in the seventh and eighth grade. We're talking about kids that are, you know, barely teenagers, and they're being courted like that. That that could that could be overwhelming. Well, when when I when I was coming up, it was you know we didn't have the text messaging or any of the right. social media stuff, so you could actually still live and be a kid. <laughs> and and this is this is the things that I always stress to all of the kids that I talk to. It doesn't matter where they are, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, the, the the whole point is to enjoy what you're doing. If right. you're not having fun with what you're doing, then you won't be great at doing what you're doing. And you do have to put the work in. And then, yeah, it does become a little bit stressful or a little bit more pressure on you when you have these coaches or anybody else that's kind of pursuing you and telling you all of these different things. But the whole key of, about it all is just football. Play the game. If you play the game like you know how to play the game, you'll be fine no matter what. Mike Scarborough, Reed Jones just now. And, Mike, I, I pulled up to TigerBay.com, our front page, and I, you and I were talking earlier this week, and also we visited with uh, Brian Lazar. And one thing I wanted to, you know, this is football, but bring out, but, boy, uh, Coach Wade is doing a phenomenal job right now. I'm talking about he's landing top-tier recruits all over the country, and that's what he that's what he's going to have to do to build a program. But I would imagine the LSU fan base has got to be tickled to death what he's done thus far. No, I, I, I'm absolutely seeing LSU fans – I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, Deke. From a number standpoint and what we were seeing as far as interaction for LSU basketball the last two or three years, had this regime stayed in place uh, any longer, it really would have made sense from a business perspective for us to outright drop basketball coverage. What Will Wade has done, and just from getting the job, mm-hmm. showing what he's showing, the interest in LSU basketball has gone through the roof. And, and I'm seeing – and, and I talk to a lot of LSU, you know, people. I got friends who are nothing but football people. And I, I know multiple guys who have gone out and bought season tickets. Uh, that's how enthusiastic they are about what they're seeing that he's doing as far as, you know, hitting the ground running, bringing in, I mean, finishing off the 17 class, what he's doing for 18, 19 kids coming in for visits. Uh, we had an exclusive interview with him yesterday morning. Uh, it's a free uh, story on the front page of TigerBait.com. Uh, very much in-depth. Uh, he sat down with Brian Lazar. Check that out. Um, I think there's going to be a lot to be excited, and, and I think it's about to be a tough ticket to get in the PMAC again. I mean, that used to be a recruiting tool for LSU football. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. You would bring kids to the PMAC for basketball games, and it got to be that would be probably if you were an LSU football coach. Yes. That's the last thing you wanted to do is bring a, a player into the, uh, into the assembly center. Uh, and also, uh, by the way, uh, I think them uh, getting John Brady for radio broadcast color, I think that was a good a good move. I, I think he's excellent. So uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, uh, from, to basketball season. Hey, Mike Herb here. Um, switching lanes a little bit, let's go back to football. Um, in regards to, to, you know, some of these top-tier athletes that we have here in Louisiana that are, um, that are getting injured on Friday nights, how do you see that playing into offers or – or whatever offers that they have and them actually keeping those offers, especially when it's season-ending injuries or anything that's significant? You know, I, I have not seen uh, – I'm going to be honest with you. I, I can't – I mean, I've been doing this since the early 90s. I can't, I can't recall where a player was injured and a scholarship offer was pulled. Good. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, can y'all recall? Or uh, the one, one off the top of my head I go back to, and that's when Coach Hayward was there, when uh, LeBron and Tofield got hurt on the first play of uh, going to his senior year at spring practice. And, they, I mean, look, we all know what happened then. They honored his scholarship. He didn't play any of his senior year, and he, he's in, uh, you know, one of the all-time uh, Russian yeah, greats yeah. in LSU history. So they honored yeah. that, you know. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's, you know, has a lot to do with medical advances. And, yes. And, you know, what, what, what is truly a catastrophic injury anymore? The last one I remember – uh, who's the defensive back that ended up playing in the NFL after they said his career was over? Oh, Delvin Bro. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know that's the only time, and and he he had a he had a full scholarship that they honored. Yep. Mike, <clears throat> now when you talk about LSU Mississippi State, give us your take on this one today. A lot of people think this is going to be a tight game. How do you see it? Yeah, I do too. Um, I, I just think it's on the road. Uh, got a lot of new players for LSU. Uh, Mississippi State's well coached. Um, hostile environment. Um, I just think you know you 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 wonder if the offense is going to uh, you know maybe uh, have some uh, growing pains. But then it just all comes down to that LSU defense. I just I don't know how many points Mississippi State can score on that. Um, but but I, I do think uh, what, what's the line right now? Still about, about yeah, six, yeah, seven. Yeah, about six and a half, seven and a half, depending on where yeah, you look. I, I'm I'm thinking like twenty one seventeen, something like that. I yeah. I, I think it's uh, it's uh, Mississippi State covers the spread. All right, Mike. Let everybody know how they get the latest on recruiting, game reports, previews, all of that. Yeah, go to TigerBait.com. We've got loads of uh, prospect video. We've been out shooting multiple uh, guys for Tiger Bait. And um, so you'll get to see a lot of these LSU football prospects. Check us out at TigerBait.com. If you're an LSU fan, you'll really enjoy the website. Mike Scarborough, TigerBait.com. Mike, as always, thank you so much for the time. We'll talk to you later. All right, Dick. Thanks, Herb. All right, thanks, All Mike. All right. Along with Herb Tyler, I'm Dick Bellavia. Up next, we'll get you caught up on an early look at the noon college scores. And, you know, sometimes things look at it and you go like, well, if they're going to compete in the Pac-12, can they come to Memphis, Tennessee and, <laughs> you know, win by three? But right now, Memphis and UCLA in a shootout, 34-31 in the fourth quarter at the Liberty Bowl. We'll keep you caught up on that one. And a big one in the East today, it's a 2:30 CBS game, Tennessee and Florida. We'll go around the SEC and get you caught up on the scoreboard next here. Count you down to LSU and Mississippi State, 6:35 kick. Kickoff, 605 kickoff tonight on WWL. All right, counting you down to LSU and Mississippi State. The rivalry renewed tonight. In the last 25 meetings, LSU has won 23, whereas uh, Mississippi State has won two. But the last three, Herb, have been decided by five points or less. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see because the quarterback that we saw last year, Herb, basically had the entire year after the LSU game to get better, and he did get better, yep. uh, Nick Fitzgerald. And he'll be a key tonight in that contest. One would think if, if it's tight down the stretch, he would have made some plays in this game. Uh, look, I'm always a proponent for a quarterback that can throw the ball as well as run the ball. Mm -hmm. um, when you can keep a defense off balance, especially in college, when you can keep them off balance by – you know, keeping them on their heels when you can throw the ball or mm -hmm. when they're coming at you, you can slice them and get past that first level of defense and then get in the secondary as a runner. Uh, you, I mean, it's difficult to stop that. Ask Nick Saban. Everybody who's beaten Nick Saban has, you know, in Alabama has always had a quarterback that can gas them with the, while running the football. So, um, and being a guy like that myself, you know, I, I just – I'm always a proponent on someone that can – 
run the ball as well as throw the ball with good passing efficiency. We're heard right now looking at some afternoon games. It is Michigan uh, struggling there with Air Force, 22-13. Yep. to 13. That is uh, late in the fourth. Oklahoma State, Mason Rudolph, his uh, Heisman campaign continues. He's thrown for f- nearly 500 yards and five scores a day as the Cowboys lead the Panthers, 56-21. to 21. That's at Heinz Field in as Pittsburgh. Always. Memphis now extending their lead to 10 points on a touchdown. They lead UCLA 41-31. to 31. That's at the Liberty Bowl in Memphis. Uh, later today, it's Virginia Tech at East Carolina. SMU is at TCU, the SEC game of the week. It is number 23, Tennessee, at number 24, Florida. The Auburn Tigers look to bounce back uh, this week as they are entertaining Mercer, the 15th-ranked Tigers. Army is at Ohio State. that went from 2 to 8 last week. Washington State is at home as they entertain Oregon State. Tulane is at Oklahoma. Colorado State is at number 1, Alabama. And uh, Penn State entertains Georgia State. Sanford will host Georgia. And a big one tonight, non-conference in the SEC number 18 Kansas State at Vanderbilt and this starts a tough tough stretch for the Vanderbilt Commodores over the next few weeks they have Alabama followed by Georgia and then I want to say either South Carolina or Tennessee now Tennessee's later in the season but Vanderbilt's coming up on a tough tough stretch yeah, they are. this would be big for them Herb to get to three and oh that's gonna be tough but you know what I, th- I like the coach a lot um, I do too I think I think he is one of the better coaches in the NCAA right now up and coming I think he's in his third year yes here. coach mason um you know he's a defensive minded coach he's one of those guys that's gonna rah-rah you just kind of like you know uh coach aranda yeah um but what the one thing he's done is surround himself by really good offensive minded coaches that's herb tyler on deke Bellavere. a lot to get to including those other big matchups in the sec what will shape up the east today will it be tennessee and florida and can mississippi state and lsu shape up the west we'll continue breaking down the bulldogs we'll go behind enemy lines next hour here tiger radio wwf Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. 